Hello and welcome to the program, Woke Up, where we amplify the voices of people who were ex-critical social justice warriors, people in that mindset, people that were profoundly affected by woke ideology. And it was leading them to a place where they did not want to be and they woke up. And so today we have on our show a special guest from Essex County, England, which is a 30-minute train ride outside of London. And I'm really glad to welcome to the show the famous artist, Bertie Rose, because uh, uh, this wokeism is not just something that's a phenomenon in the United States, but it's hitting uh, Anglophonic countries of the world, which are English-speaking and in the West, and it's uh, in many ways profoundly impacted uh, life and the culture in England. And so, Bertie, welcome to the show. All right there. So maybe you can give our audience a little background about who you are, where you come from, and uh, you know, just certain things about your life that you can begin to open up about so we can learn a little bit more about you. All right, I'm the famous artist Bertie Rose, and I'm from Essex, as you've already said. But I've been an artist for a long time, and I met my partner, who calls himself Doos and McDoos. We've all got silly names around here. And we decided to, basically, we were in a bit of a situation where we didn't really have a proper living situation. So we decided to do some workshops. We did ceiling painting workshops because I'm an artist and he's a musician. And we used the money from that to buy a van. And we built a home inside the van. And we hit the road. And we sort of delved into the grassroots music and art scene on the U- in the UK. And that's where I got sort of dipped my toes in and was surrounded by this extremist, I would say extremist left-wing ideology. But it's not just a... a I've, like... One of the things I've realised is it's not just a a left-wing issue. This is an ideological issue. And it's sort of shown up in a lot of different areas that I didn't think it would show up in. And it's showing up all over the place. So you say, like, it's an American thing. It's not an American thing. It's definitely cropping up all over the place, if that makes sense, especially in the Western world. Okay. And then, so you are an artist and you have a boyfriend and uh, you're traveling around and you're meeting people. So what was it about this ideology that first attracted you that was... uh, like enticing to you that you felt like, yeah, this is good. This is uh, probably the best way to help people. What what was the allure that, that you and your uh, boyfriend at the time or your boyfriend uh, were attracted to? Okay, well, I don't think that I saw an ideology and then decided that this looks great and I'm going to follow it. I've always grown up on the left and my family have always been left and we've always voted for Labour and it, it's just one of those things because I grew up poor as well. So I just thought this is what people do and you know it makes sense that I'm on the left because I'm an artist and the way I grew up and everything and I grew up left so everything that comes with the left-wing ideology if you want to call it that um, is what I was already exposed to so when I went onto the music and art scenes and I saw other more extreme flavors of it it didn't seem that off to me it just seemed like maybe I wasn't clever enough to maybe I wasn't clever enough to articulate what they're saying or or to understand it so I just was assuming that everybody else is smarter than me and going along with a lot of things and I did think some things didn't sound right or didn't seem right but I didn't think that I was in a position to challenge it necessarily from my own side if you want to call it a side so For me, what it came down to is I'm on the left. I'm a good person because I care about all these things. I care about homelessness. I care about poverty. I care about justice. I care about disability. I care about people being treated fairly. So I care about all these things. And anybody who's not on the left doesn't care about all of these things. 
and therefore they're not a good person that it was as simple as that and, in some ways yeah and and so would you look at during that that period of time people that weren't necessarily on the left as uh as bad people or ignorant people or mean people? Like, how did you view people that uh, just had a different uh, viewpoint perspective on life? I didn't understand it. I didn't think that you could be a good person and sleep at night if you don't support the things that I support. And it didn't occur to me necessarily that it's not, it didn't occur to me that people that don't think like me don't want the same things as me. If that makes sense. I thought that they didn't want the same things as me i didn't realize they do want the same things as me they've just got different ideas on how to go about it i see and so so you're traveling around you're doing your your artwork you're a creator you're very talented you you have a a brand you have a name and then you're falling in love with this man who's a musician and you're you're doing van life. And then over the course of time, you started doing shows and then you began to make friends. And so, so tell me like what that development was like and, and uh, what those years were like uh, from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, it was exciting. It was exciting being on the road and meeting a lot of people. And I'm very open. I always have been very open to meeting different people and talking to different people. So I did talk to people that weren't on the left and I did talk to people that didn't have the same views as me and I didn't it's it's weird because I had two thoughts in my mind at the same time because I didn't think you could be a good person and be on the right but at the same time I met a lot of people on the right and talked to them I just thought that people on the left were better people Um, but being on the road it did it did introduce me to a lot of things I hadn't been introduced to before like I met a lot of like anarchists and some Antifa people and things like that and that came as part of dipping our toes in the punk scene as well and I didn't really encounter those sorts of people before because the hardcore sort of like punk or anarchy scene wasn't really my thing before that and I didn't mind it but I didn't agree with some of the things I heard especially from the anarchists and Antifa I didn't really think that it was the best way about things but I didn't think it was a big deal either because I just thought well they're people like me that just want things to be good. So I didn't think that there was anything nefarious about their ideology, but I did think there was something nefarious about right-wing ideology or anything that's not on the left. So so just so we're clear, like anarchists and Antifa, just in a political spectrum, they wouldn't be like typical liberal left-leaning Democrats, uh, but more, much more radical. Like how, how we characterize them, you know, in terms of their, their radical worldview and what, what they wanted for society. Um, they think that everything should be torn down and started again in the view of how they think it should be. That I've never agreed with. And I don't really know that much about anarchist ideology, to be honest, because I've always thought, I've always like not taken it too seriously. And I thought that a lot of the anarchists I met were quite bossy. Some of them are nice, but some of them were quite bossy. And I used to make a joke about how a lot, like how anarchists are really authoritarian. But I didn't realise how true that actually was. I thought it was just a joke I was making, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. And and so during that time, you started to make friends and really connect with the, with the community. Uh, mm-hmm. And that included, uh, uh, you know, people that, that were transsexual or different levels of, of oppression from their view. Uh, is that a characterization that uh, that you became became really good friends with certain people, and and then you brought them into your your subculture and your in your group and 
your circle of friends that was so important to you? Yeah. So there was actually a couple of people in particular who we were friends with who at some point along our friendship decided that they identify as trans and we introduced everyone to each other that we knew and we took one person in particular on tour with her, gave, gave them gigs, introduced them to all our friends, introduced them to promoters and venues and festivals and that yeah so we and we didn't think much of it because I didn't really care I didn't really care if somebody who's a woman calls herself a man or somebody who's a man calls themselves a woman I just thought well whatever people doing whatever they want and I didn't think about what would happen if I'm forced to lie I didn't think about that so so this is a community of uh of friends and people that you love Mm -hmm. and you're sharing your life with and uh, like how many people would you say were were part of your social network at that point that you were friends with and shared things in common with and just loved? No, quite a lot. I mean, we were on the road, so we had a lot of people around us, especially like if we go to festivals and stuff and we're touring, we knew a lot of people between us and we were in contact with a lot of people. But I would say close to us, not many, but in terms of like the music and the art, we kept a lot of musicians and artists around us and we introduced them all to each other, I would say, at least 15, maybe 15 to 20 people. And then outside of that, the people that we were associating with and we knew and we saw on a regular basis, maybe a few hundred. So, so yeah, so you and your boyfriend or your partner, as you refer to him, you guys have been together for quite some time now, like 10 years. Yeah, 11 years now. 11 years. Yeah. So I'm a traditionalist. Well, I, I, Naturally, just say, oh, you and your husband, but uh, but your partner, I'll, I'll respect that. Yeah, not that. yet. He's not my <laughs> husband yet. We are engaged, but. Oh, congratulations. Do you have a date set? Nope. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. So obviously, you're both very gifted. He's a musician and you're an artist, and I could just tell by your personality, you're very affable and you love people genuinely and you're vulnerable to them and you're encouraging. I, I could just tell by your personality that you that you have a winsomeness about you. So you have all these uh, these things going on. You have this community. You're prospering. You're enjoying band life. You're enjoying the moment. And you're just enjoying creating. And so things started to happen. And maybe you can let us know, like, what happened within the group, friend circle, and the relationship with uh, your fiancé and, and some of the other people and yourself. Yeah, I mean, some of it goes way back. I mean, one of the main people that has instigated this cancellation of us was friends with us before we even got together and he was in my partner's band so this goes way back and he was not happy that we got together and treated us differently from that moment on and in particular was spiteful towards me but we tried to keep things amicable and so there's a lot of personal dynamics going on with a few of these people where things were happening behind the scenes. And what happened was in 2017, I've just had enough. And I said to my partner, I said, we can't have people around us that are treating us badly. And there were things going on that, you know, people saying spiteful things to us, people messaging us and saying, you know, we're out of order. So one of our friends told us that we're, you know, the most self-serving and ungrateful people he's ever met. And then when my partner phoned him up and said, why did you say that to her? He said to my partner that I've read the message wrong and I'm overreacting. But we both read the message. There was just little petty things going on that we didn't have time for. And we felt very put out in the friendship. So over time in 2017... So, so there was a couple uh, events that were catalysts to this rupture and this cruelty that, ha- that happened subsequent to it. And I just want to pull up on your website that you 
are a creator. You're an artist. You, you make things from nothing and you're inspired and then you, you're very talented. And so, uh, you did a couple portraits and, uh, I'd like to pull up, uh, there's one that you did of, uh, of JK Rowling and then also Magdalene Burns, who is a feminist from England. And can you pull up that portrait of Magdalene? Okay. So, so de- describe what this is and why you created it. And, you know, you have hundreds of items that you've created on your website, but this one in particular seemed to be incredibly triggering. And so what, what, what were you trying to accomplish and what were you thinking when you created this? I wasn't trying to accomplish anything. I really liked Magdalene Burns. I really appreciated her. And unfortunately she passed away in 2019 and she'd been on YouTube speaking up and I was really inspired by her courage and her just fearlessness in talking and telling the truth about what's going on with the gender identity ideology. And so, you know, we were in the beginning of lockdowns. We were in lockdown and I didn't really have anything else to do. And I was I was suffering because we had been cancelled the year before for something I didn't do. And I needed an outlet and I thought about, I can't just keep going online and talking about sharing articles about things that are happening and talking about this in the space I don't know who's reading it or what use it's doing and I am an artist so maybe I should draw some stuff and I did I got an iPad and that was my first iPad I ever had and this was my first digital drawing I've ever done and the first thing I wanted to draw was Magdalene I'm not 100% sure why she was just on my mind I just I just thought about how to express myself on this issue because when you know something's going on and you don't feel like you're allowed to talk about it, it does something to you mentally. And I think you've got to have an outlet for that and you've got to be able to tell the truth because otherwise it will drive you mad. So, and I really like her message. What I wrote on this one was, I'd rather be rude than an effing liar. And I like that about her because she really cut through the BS. I mean, can't swear, can I? So she really <laughs> cut through all the poo and she that message is clear you know it's very clear that she would rather be considered rude she ain't scared of people telling her that she's not nice she'd rather do that than lie not just to everybody else but to herself and and she herself had a feminist ideology she was on the left herself but uh the mob i'll I'll describe them this uh really radical woke friend group out of the hundreds of things in your website, they picked on this. And and what happened as a result of you just making something that uh, a woman that you admire and that you admire for her, her forthrightness, what happened as a result of you just creating this piece of art representing somebody who, who's indirectly mentored you and inspired you in your life? Well, th- it was this picture, the Magdalene one and the JK Rowling one, literally about maybe a few days after I posted them, because I was posting them like I was doing at this point, I was doing a portrait a day as well. So a few days after posting these two, there were about that initially there was one status I saw from a woman who had posted a big rant about how I'm evil and I'm a transphobe and I want trans people to be dead. I'm responsible for killing trans kids and Here's an article about all the trans suicides and everybody needs to be made aware of what I am. And then my ex-friend shared it and he wrote a big piece about I'm a snake in the grass and, you know, this is effing out of order. He treated it like I've been undercover on the music and art scene and I tricked everyone into supporting me and everybody needs to know exactly what I am. Like I've been hiding that I'm a baddie or something. That's what he treated it like. And then other people started sharing it and writing their own pieces. 
about how you know i'm i'm evil basically i'm evil fascist i'm a nazi i'm a transphobe i'm a bigot um, i'm hateful and then the allegations you know i've been bullying people i've been stalking people i've beat people up i've done this i've done that none of it was true but it all came at once and it all came on day one it all came at once and then it was just non-stop for days and days and days i had hundreds of people um, spamming my comment sections on my pictures on my website on my art page just going on and on and on about what a horrible person I am how hateful I am how disgusting it is what I'm doing that I've duped people into supporting my art and now they've got to find out that I'm this nasty bigoted Nazi person there were people apologizing people publicly apologized saying that they had no idea that they were supporting a transphobe and they feel really bad about it. There were people promising to throw my art away, people promising to burn my art, um, anything that, you know, people did. People sold paintings that they'd bought off me. They sold them. They blocked me online and sold them. People threw it in a bin. People burned it in fires and took pictures of it and put it online. It was really um, shocking. It was a shocking reaction. It must have been horrible for you on, on a human level as an artist who genuinely loves people who, uh, you know, you were inclusive before the diversity, equity and inclusion. You were inclusive of everybody. You didn't care about their political beliefs or you thought the people on the right just didn't understand or they weren't compassionate enough. You didn't care if somebody was a, a trans or how they identified. You just genuinely cared for people and love people. And you just, out of your hundreds of pieces of art, there's one that the, the mob picked on. And then what was that like, these friends of yours, that, that all of a sudden, in unison, they just brutalize you because you didn't have the right thought or the right expression of something in your soul? Yeah, it was pretty devastating. I didn't know what was going on at first. Because my first thought was like, because this, this was 2020. I haven't seen these people or spoken to them in over three years. And they've all been blocked on my social media. So I don't know how they got screenshots of my art and my website. I mean, obviously, they, they could get to my website because that's public. But I don't know what right they had to be, you know, screenshotting my art and sharing it about and making all this stuff up about me. I was just blown away. It just completely blindsided me. And it was stressful. I did, I did feel like I couldn't rest. I couldn't sleep. You know, all the anxiety stuff. I thought that on the first night when that happened and it was still my my phone and my ipad were still going ding 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 and it was just people just non-stop talking about how awful i am i thought i was gonna have a heart attack and it was that bad i was like i couldn't go to sleep and i'm worrying that it was a heart attack i think it was a panic attack i've had a lot of those before when i was a kid but not as a grown-up and it was it was really bad i had pain in my chest i couldn't breathe it was, it was really stressful and it had a longer impact because that cancellation didn't stick to that one day. It went on and on and on. For like the last three years, every now and again, another thread will come up and all the same people all over again having a go, just talking rubbish about me publicly. And there's a lot of things that have been said about me that are not true, that other people believe. And we've lost all of our friends, all or even some of our personal friends. We've lost everyone because they believe what they're hearing because well I don't I, yeah they they believe what they're hearing and like I said there was a lot of things going on in the background I found out earlier last year so maybe nine months ago or so that some of the stuff that had been said about me 
during our cancellation is stuff that had been said about me nearly 10 years ago by some of these people. Some of these people, because one of the allegations that came out was that I abused my fiancé and that he's too scared to speak up against me because of my abuse. So he's like this really sort of like like bad housewife sort of thing. <laughs> and I found out last year that that had been said by our friends behind our back as far back as eight or nine years ago and I had no idea we had no idea so uh, there's a lot of betrayal and a lot of levels of betrayal that have unfolded over the years that have hurt hurt both of us really and it's I can't get my head around how people can talk like that about us behind our back for years and years and years and then all these other people around us potentially have heard it and never said anything to us so it was a shock to me to see it all public to see these allegations you know yeah especially on such a deep level i would like to just pull up just so people can actually read for themselves some of the things that they, that was sent to you as a result of you as an artist expressing admiration for somebody who's, who speaks her truth can you can you pull up a couple of these just so we can show them. Oh, yeah. So this was public. This wasn't even sent to me. This is public, this stuff. These were public statuses. Yeah, and 79 comments. Uh, can you uh, enlarge that a little bit so we can see that? Maybe you can't. I'll read it. This is what was sent. There is one effing disgusting and hateful snake in our little arts community, a person that has nothing better to do with their life than to attract uh, attack trans people that already have an effing hard time navigating through life. If I ever see anyone in my circles wearing one of their t-shirts, I will take this as an invitation to tell you to go get the F out of my life. There is no compromise. Yeah, that used to be a friend of mine. Here's another one. It has co recently come to my attention that the artist Birdie Rose is continuing her transphobic mission. I was blocked by Birdie Rose ages ago for speaking out against transphobia, so I don't have any fear of speaking out or repercussions. These people don't want dialogue. They want to spread hate and fear. And now she has started making transphobic t-shirts. You can see them here, but note to any trans friends, they are triggering. So you may want to do yourself a favor of not looking. And, and this is all on your website. This goes on and on. And the the reason why I I really want you wanted you on the show is what happens in the woke mob and what the this ideology really does amongst the group and why is this unanimity that people are terrified to speak out and why people are willing to say two plus two is five and why uh, you cannot call reality you have to call it reality unreality because the uniform totalitarian vicious cruelty that the woke mob will induce on a human being that has that's an artist that's creative that has uh, individual uh, uh, will and just might see the world a little bit different. The characterization of being a racist, homophobe, transphobe. And what that leads to is the fruit is self-censoring, fear, terror, and a conformity where people are willing to do and say lies. That's how these totalitarian regimes come into being. This is why things have happened throughout the world in the Cultural re uh, Revolution in China and why in Nazi Germany, children were turning their parents over to the state and in China and what happened under Lenin and Trotsky and Stalin and these totalitarian single-minded views of the world and the compulsion of speech and the compulsion of how to view the world and what you're allowed to think about and what you're allowed to say. And Here's this beautiful, artistic, wonderful woman who just loved everybody, 
who's just expressing her art on a day-to-day basis and is totally turned on and nobody would speak out and everybody around her betrayed her and they would not speak out in defense of her. And to me, this is horrific. This is common. And it's time for those that do not see the world the way the woke uh, mindset does or those critical social justice warriors. It's time as a society that we begin to speak out. And so, Bertie, I, I want to ask you a few more questions. Your, your fiance, who is a talented artist who had venues, what were they doing to him and what happened to him in terms of uh, his career as a result of you um, doing portraits yeah okay well first of all they didn't attack him immediately the cancellation on him came about a year later initially they were just talking about him as if he needs to be saved there was this we can rescue him mindset there was even a thread by the same person who wrote the status you just read out about me being a snake he wrote about how my partner is you know essentially in an abusive relationship and he needs to be rescued and that they are doing their best to get him away from me. So there was this attack of our relationship that was trying to split us up. That has been a theme all the way through. And when they couldn't split us up and when my partner made it clear that he's standing by me, then they attacked him and they attacked his career. And they were saying things like, we're going to make sure that he doesn't get any more gigs. And, you know, he's had his chance to do the right thing and, He's made his choice, he's got. A, he's made his bed, he's got a lay in it sort of thing. And he still gets emails to this day where people are messaging him. People we've only met at maybe one or two of his shows will tell him and say that he has to choose between his career or me because I'm so toxic and I'm so bad, but he's savable. He can be rescued and he can be saved. He's still salvageable and they love him so much and they, they just want him to be okay and they're worried about him having to be in a relationship with someone like me and having to suffer the consequences of being with me. And I can't really 100% speak for what's going in the, on in the minds of these people because I've never been on the inside of a mob like this. I've never been part of a council mob trying to get rid of somebody. So I don't know what's going on in the minds. I can speak to why people don't want to speak up and it's because they're watching what we're going through and they don't want to go what, through what we're going through. And I think that does scare people. Um, I don't think it should scare people because if more people stood up for what's right and spoke or even just spoke their mind without fear, even if I don't agree with them, if more people did that, we wouldn't have to suffer what we suffered. But, you know, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it now. I would carry on speaking my truth and get louder because they can't uncancel me, then recancel me. They, they can't do anything done what they what they done you know but what they did to him was pretty atrocious and it is atrocious and they're still going after his gigs and people who associate with him or me are still getting grief they're still getting attacked privately people are being told not to associate with him as well he's had a lot of musicians and a lot of he's lost his a lot of his fan base but a lot of musicians have blocked him unfriended him and these are people that we did gigs with we went on tour with we shared a lot of good times with them we promoted them we really helped them out we had a lovely time we had a good friendship with and they've just completely blanked us and blocked us out of their lives they're even angry I think what's happening with these people is they're angry that he stayed with me and he didn't do as he was told and they did say to him that if he wants his career back, all he has to do is publicly denounce me, re-educate himself, admit he was wrong, publicly apologise, and he might be forgiven. He might have his career back. And 
I'm sorry, but I, we don't play by those rules. It's not up to you whether we have a career. We, he can do what he wants. And, uh, you know, we're different people. I'm more of a fighter than he is. So he's got to, um, he's, he's got to come out the other side in his own time. But I, I don't let people treat me like this. No way. Not in a million years. And I think that's why they stopped going after me as much. They still go after me, but him especially, he's he's getting the brunt of it, yeah. They want to hurt you and everything about you, your creativity, your love relationship, so you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. This is what's going up against you. And so I commend you, my sister, for being strong and, and speaking truth because you that is what really breaks us down is truth and not buying in the lies and not listening to the lies, but for you to continue on and I just think there's beautiful things happening in your life. You're you're prospering. You're uh, I've seen you on other shows. You're getting a, gotten your voice back. You have your voice. You have your art. I want to encourage anybody listening here to go to uh, the famous Birdie Rose uh, her her website and order a portrait or order something. Give her a note of encouragement uh, because this war has come and this war will come for you. This is a, a culture war. And if you're listening to this one way or another, you're going to be affected. Your family will be affected. Our society is being affected. And it's time for us to say no more. We're not going to allow this. And we need to do this together. And there's going to be people hurt. There's going to be people canceled, but you can't escape it. You know, Jesus uh, said uh, they couldn't take him because his hour had not yet come. His hour had not yet come. His hour had not yet come. They couldn't seize him. But you know what? One day the war came and his hour came and uh, there was no turning back. And so this war has come to our society. And uh, and so I want you guys to see if you're uh, considering adopting as a worldview critical social justice or wokeism where this could lead you into this mob and a prisoner of your mind and you will be hurting people look at our other broadcasts that we've had other social justice activists that lament the way they treated family members and friends and they repented of of their mindset this is a mind virus that will that will hurt a lot of people. And so it's time for you, young person listening to me, highly educated in the urban center, to recognize where is your life going and what are you really accomplishing? Uh, what are you really doing here? And so that's my exhortation. So, Bertie, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about this uh, allyship and war mentality and, and things like that. That uh, what I do is I, I, I do talk to my guests, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, the day prior to the show, just to make sure we're on the same page and what they feel comfortable talking about, because I'm asking guests to share the, some of the most vulnerable things in their life. And, and so I think it's prudent instead of putting them on the spot that uh, I respect their boundaries and uh, that they feel comfortable. And so uh, one of the things we talked about yesterday was allyship and, and the war mentality. And so I'd like you to share with our listeners uh, some of your perspectives of living through this horrible process in your life the last several years. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't like the word ally. I told you that yesterday because to me, uh, ally is war talk. And I, I don't understand why I've got to go to war for this. Obviously, I am. I'm at war for my own right. And obviously, everybody else is right to speak the truth. But when, when we first got cancelled and those messages that you read out first came out, all the statuses and everything and everyone was kicking off my partner got a phone call from a musician that he was on tour with at the time who basically said to him you're at war and you need to do something to sort this out like you need to get her to apologize or something and I didn't like that because I just thought I'm not at war I just drew a picture I drew some pictures of things and people that I like that are resonating with me this ain't a war but now the more time has gone on over the years the more I've seen that these people that are ideologically poisoned do want a war 
And they are war hungry. And that's why they talk about allies, because an ally isn't a friend or somebody who just wants the best for you. An ally is a soldier who is in your war and they're asking you to be a foot soldier. When my partner got told that he had to choose between me or his career and they said to him, you need to re-educate yourself, denounce her, publicly apologise. They also said to him, and you need to join the fight. And you need to join the fight was in capital letters. And it's what they're asking him to do is join a war that is hell-bent on destroying his future wife. That It's crazy to think of it that way, but this is how people are thinking of it. And they're so desperate for this conflict and for this war to happen. I'm... It is worrying where this is going to go because I think there is a desperation. There is like a bloodthirsty mentality behind it to have a war. And uh, I don't know what it is they're going to achieve compliance, power, I suppose. I mean, they are quite obsessed with power, whatever flavor of the woke ideology you want to go for. It is all about power. It's all about it's all about power. It's all about looking at uh, life through the lens of oppressor oppressed dialectic. It's all Marxist. It's uh, it's just plain once you see what is really happening, and we see what happened in in uh, the, the Cultural Revolution in China. We saw what happened in Russia. We see what happened in Cuba. It's all the same thing, and it's the, a tearing down. It's a spirit of revolution. And what they want to do is they want to demoralize uh, people. They want to go after any structure of stability. Uh, Antonio Gramsci, who was the Italian communist, talked about cultural hegemony. They're going after the family. They're going after our institutions. They're going after corporate America, corporate uh, Europe. They're going after the government. They're going after law. And one thing we need to understand is that uh, commies do not rest. They do not stop. I had uh, the privilege of interviewing uh, earlier today on the show, Freely Ashley, and she told me that uh, just yesterday on her Twitter feed, one person was on there just fighting for 13 hours and she just actually yeah. went to bed and then uh, got up at six in the morning and this person was still going with the woke ideology and the attacks. And so we, these people need to be marginalized. Uh, they, they need to not have a voice. There is a, a book written uh, right after World War One. It was called Open Society. It was one of the most 50 influential books of the last decade written by a man named Karl Popper. And Popper talks about the, the paradox of tolerance and uh, and what he makes a point in a liberal society, meaning that Bertie is free to do her art and I'm free to speak my mind and practice my religion. And a, a trans person can identify as a female or somebody can be gay, that we are free to speak our mind and, and to live our dreams and pursue happiness. That is a liberal society, not, the, not these radical woke woke that, look to destroy people. That's not liberalism. That's totalitarianism. Let's be clear. They've co-opted that term. And so for a liberal society to flourish, uh, Popper makes a point that all uh, liberal society will come to a point where people in the society become intolerant. And for a, a, a liberal society to thrive, we must stand up against those that become intolerant. And this group is intolerant. They're intolerant of thought. They're into- intolerant of art. They're intolerant of speech. They're intolerant of our constitution. They're intolerant of our systems. And so we need to push back uh, against this probably 10 or 15% of people that have this ideology and not be afraid of them because otherwise they will eat our society and they will hurt a lot of people as they have already done. People being canceled all over the place. So if you're listening to me, I am encouraging you to take a stand and speak your truth. And even though you have the threat of being canceled, and even though you might lose your job, or even though you might be hated and hurt, 
you know, the war is here. And so uh, we need to stand up and, and fight for freedom and fight for the paradox of tolerance uh, because now is a time that we can no longer be tolerant of those that are so cruel and vicious seeking to destroy everything in their path with this ideology. So I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but that's my exhortation to our listeners. Yeah, I think that was very good. I think people should bear in mind that if they don't speak the truth and they don't do it to their loved ones or their friends or even in their social circle because they're scared, then this will only get bigger. And it will only get worse. It will get scarier. We need more people to speak the truth. As a left leftist, left leaning, your whole life, your family, you were culturized, and your worldview was uh, in left thinking, and uh, out of empathy because you have a really good heart and you're empathetic toward people. You want the best for everybody, uh, but you've pivoted and uh, you've gone in a different direction philosophically. And so, why don't you share? Probably because of the, the tremendous hurt you've been under and the pain you've suffered, you've, you've rejected a lot of that ideology. Where's your process been in terms of your worldview and your outlook in terms of not just politically, because I, I want to be careful. I'm not talking about Democrats and Republicans here. I'm not talking about the Labor Party or conservatives. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about the worldview in terms of how uh, is best for society and what's best for, for Bertie Rose. So like, where are you at and how have you, how have you found healing in this journey? I feel like I'm on a detox a little bit. I feel like there is freedom on the other side of being canceled. Cause once these people have done everything they can to you, you're, you're free to do what you want. They can't, like I said, they can't cancel me again. They can try, but it ain't going to work because everything I've learned from being canceled the first time I have with me now that I didn't have before. So I'm a lot stronger so people don't want to pick a fight with me now, not in this situation. And I think there's a lot of strength that comes from it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pain being cancelled and some people have different experiences, but it seems to be all the same flavour of what people go through. And there's not just the freedom of being able to say what I think. If you can say what you think and you know you can say it out loud, then you can say it to yourself in your head as well. And there's a massive psychological transformation that goes along with being able to be honest with yourself. And that's really probably more important than being honest with everybody. I mean, I'm pretty big on being honest with people in general, but being honest with yourself and really, really talking to yourself honestly is, is transformative because when you're sort of in that surrounding where you know you're not allowed to say certain things, you don't even allow yourself to think that certain things. And that is not healthy because you're shutting off parts of yourself and you're not opening your mind in that way to yourself so there's a lot of that going on and I think the other thing is there's a bit more of a positive outlook because I used to think that sort of like the government owes me everything and you know I grew up poor so I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder as well and now I'm sort of going into the attitude of I can do whatever I want there's not really anything stopping me except for any barriers that I put up psychologically about who I am and what characteristics I have those are not really real in a tangible sense. There are ways of getting what you want in life. Even if you're not like qualified to get a certain job or whatever, there's ways of getting it. There's ways of working your way around to getting what you want in a legitimate manner as well. Like I've always wanted to be an artist. And the way I've done that is to just make art and show people. And that's been successful. And I think that my mindset shifted because at one point I did go through a phase of thinking, well, you know, a lot of things have pit against me because I'm a woman or because I'm disabled or whatever. And that ain't true. I can do just as much as anyone else. I might have some setbacks that some people don't have, but that hasn't stopped me from overcoming my setbacks, if that makes sense. 
there's been a bit of a positive shift in outlook towards the world you know the world doesn't really owe me anything and also I can pretty much do what I want obviously within the law and I intend on maintaining that right to do what I want and live how I want just like these woke people claim they're fighting for the right to live however you want they're not though they're fighting for the right to you know force everybody else to live how they want them to but I I'm I'm a lot happier, I think. I'm, you know, obviously the things that I've gone through are pretty grim, but I come out of it really being quite mentally strong. And also my thirst for learning got reignited after I got cancelled and I discovered people like Jordan Peterson and Peter Bogosian and Chris Willex, who does his Modern Life podcast, has really opened my mind to a lot of things. Um, Zuby, there's all sorts of influence out, influencers out there that are like real thinkers and they had the bravery to speak the truth at the time as well and they're still doing it and that gave me a lot to think about and I've really started to have a thirst for knowledge so I've been reading again I didn't read a lot before you know and you know I've read Yonmi Park's book recently about her escape from North Korea and that blew my mind because I was like wow these ideologies this is serious this can take over and people don't even need to agree with it you don't even need a majority to agree this to take over so it's really brought it to me how important this is and I'm really proud of where I've got to I know it's not the usual thing in England for people to talk themselves up but I'm proud of where I got to I'm proud I've got through it because if I didn't get through it I wouldn't have seen myself where I am now if that makes sense and where I'm now is a pretty good place to be well you're you're stronger because of it and you're more equipped you can understand things on a much more profound level and i love the fact that you've left uh and let go and shred that that victim mindset you know that they want to drill in you that you're a victim that it's the evil patriarchy that's held you back or the ableist that hold you back in, in in your case and and all these things have happened because of the the systems and uh yesterday this arrived for me yet uh this book so good i've only just started that book so i haven't finished it yet I just got, I, I heard an interview with her and, and I just love the way you listen to her story and any of these people on the left, if they talk about victimization, it's like, and, and what this woman has overcome and what she's been through, it's like, oh my goodness, read her book, you know? And uh, I haven't read the book. I heard her interview, so I was intrigued and I bought the book, but uh, I, I love what you're doing and I love that your your voice is being heard. And I, I'm, I'm just believing that God has great things for you. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about your fiance is he's a substantive man. It would have been easy for him, uh, for his career, for his uh, mental health, for the peer pressure to just say, well, Bertie's too complicated. Uh, this is all these problems are happening because of her and then just break up with you. But he said, no, I'm standing. I'm standing with her because I love her. And I'm going to marry this woman. And so I admire him. And so my uh, my respect for your fiance for loving you through the midst of it, because it would have been very easy for him to get his network back and go through the, sh- the struggle session and be, be, and be totally in bondage to this mindset. So it sounds like you have a real winner there. Yeah, I do. Well, I, I want to give you the last word of exhortation. And, and my passion for this program are three things. One is uh, a young person that's really considering taking up the mantle of, of a social justice warrior, this woke ideology, and uh, how to avoid that and how to be clear-minded. Two are the people that are stuck in the cult and stuck in the mindset, and I, and I don't expect them, anything I say, to change their mind or win an argument, but maybe planting seeds that they can see uh, the contradictions of it and 
and where their life actually is and what they're doing, like these people that were so cruel to you. Is this really what you want to accomplish for your life? Are you really accomplishing anything productive? You know, and then give them encouragement to leave. And then for those families or those people who have been canceled or they've been struggling, I want to give them hope. And so I want to give, give along those lines, I'd like you to give uh, a final word of exhortation to our our audience and uh, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. And, uh, and uh, I just want to turn it over to you for the last word. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me here as well. Um, you can find me all over the social media as the famous artist, Brady Rose. Pretty easy to find me. Um, I don't know if any people that are in this culture that are wrapped up in the ideology are going to listen to me or not. But if they were to, one thing I would like to say is don't like, please don't waste your time getting wrapped up in this victim mentality because everyone in every walk of life has their challenges that they have to overcome. And it's never fair in anybody's situation. And you can't take it out on other people and make it better for yourself that way because you're going to make yourself more miserable. This never ends. It's a never-ending cycle. Um, as for people with family members that have been cancelled and that, just be there for them. It's not easy and you don't have to even talk about it. It's just a cup of tea nice, you know. Just to know people that... Well, one of the things that really helped me, actually, was having people around us, a few people that were close, that just knew us for who we were and didn't really care about what people online were saying about us because they know us, they know who we are on the inside, and that's nice as well. And as a final message, I would say there is freedom on the other side and that it is important to uphold your values and to speak up for them and speak up for yourself because in speaking up for yourself, you are speaking up for others. And if you really, really wanted to be your true, authentic self, you would just be your true, authentic self. You don't need to buy into an ideology. You don't need to buy into a system. You don't need to buy surgery. You don't need to do any of that stuff to be yourself. You can just be you. I think you are so precious. And I look at you as a, as a daughter figure, you know, and my heart is for you. I think you're beautiful. You're articulate. I, my heart goes out to you for the pain. I pray that you find... 100% healing and and in a beautiful way to be able to forgive those that have been so vicious to you and be totally set free and all the things that God has for you and the wonderful things you're doing. I bless you and your upcoming marriage and your relationship. And uh, if you were, weren't across the pond, I'd come give you a big, huge hug and give you a kiss on the cheek and say, I'm, I'm really proud of you and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. So Bertie, thank you so much for coming on the show and being so vulnerable uh, with us today. Thank you.